This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakoven. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. You're on the block once again for the second hour of our show. E. Strick navigating the airwaves right here. From Florida with my partner Jake Bakovin. We thank you for our supporters at Sutter Heyman Jewelers as well as the Mercurdo by, by, by Certified Pete Matiz and the Honda Lincoln Hotline where you can always tap in at 402 464 5685. Sutter Heyman text line, they're both synonymous. You can hit both of them. We do love to hear from you on the regular because we think our perspective is solid, but sometimes we like to hear your perspective. And sometimes uh, we think it's a little outlandish and we'll just kind of smile and keep it moving. But that's OK, because sometimes our stuff might be out uh, a little bit outlandish. And, and but to talk about that, we, we kind of dipped into the coaching rankings, um, you know, earlier this week, talked a little bit about where we thought maybe Frost, which at this point lands at about 53 out of 65 coaches. It's down at the bottom of the barrel uh so to speak there ain't many may much more farther that you can go to me that's that <laughs> there ain't too much further you can go <laughs> before you cross over the hill and fall off the mountain but nonetheless, <laughs> we're going to talk about the top 25 at this point. I think, Bachman, what I found interesting about the top 25 is that there's some, you know, some coaches in there that is very interesting, especially in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is represented very well. Um, you know, Mel Tucker finds his way in there at 24. I think P.J. Fleck uh, at 23. But the one that's surprising who popped, there just seems to be like a roller coaster rise, like, you're at Six Flags or, you know, at, at uh, you know, Knott's Berry Farm or something like that, man, in, in, in the roller coaster ride of, of going from top to bottom regularly. But we do know he's a good coach, and that's Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, he's an interesting one to me. I, I'll let you elaborate on that in a second. But the one that really throws me for the loop is James Franklin because I think he recruits well. I just haven't seen him coach to the level of his talent. And so to find him at 15, that's an interesting one to me. Um, I'll allow you to elaborate. We can go through the numbers as well and dig more into that. But, um, you know, obviously, Ryan Day, he's deserving. I think he's probably even better than Jimbo Fisher, my thoughts. But, um, you know, maybe he they want to see a little bit more out of him. But to see him drop two spots, I was surprised. Maybe it was because um, of what happened last year. I don't know. But he's won four straight Big Ten titles. Um, he's been an impact in the Big Ten. 
He's leading the Big Ten. You know, okay, he takes one loss to Michigan. Does that make him, you know, fall out of the top five? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that's that's my thought on it. I mean, we can continue to talk a little bit more, but the unique leap that uh, Jim Harbaugh took into the top ten is phenomenal, up 14, up 14 spots. So how do you view it in this top five and, and, and the representation of the Big Ten? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny to see, you know, especially the Pat Fitzgeralds and the Jim Harbaugh's guys have been around. Um, and so they're, you know, the resume goes far beyond um, just the most recent season. So, you know, there's a lot of that kind of going into play. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, CBS does have, have Nick Saban at number one, uh, Kirby Smart, their Georgia winning his first championship at number two, Dabo Sweeney at number three. That is interesting in and of itself that, you know, Dabo Sweeney moving down, um, you know, below Kirby Smart. You know, maybe that's recency bias, at least in my mind. I'd still Right. think that uh, Dabo's probably um, nobody touches Nick Saban, obviously, but the, the best coach outside of him. Buck, I, just, just on that point, I want to let you continue. I just think he is the, the that that is the product of just a bad quarterback. Um, a guy that you relied on, maybe a guy that started smelling himself a little bit too much in uh, NIL uh, and just didn't put in the time to work, the, the film work, and and just ends up having a bad season. I, mean, I don't think it's a lack of the talent. Their defense was always and still continuously good. I just think they had bad quarterback. It wasn't even that their wide receivers, when I watched some of their games, that were it wasn't like they weren't creating separation. It's just that he was overthrowing, underthrowing, not throwing, yeah. throwing into the ground. I mean, it was like, <laughs> God, I mean, what, what do you, I mean, you could just see the frustration on the receivers. And I'm surprised there wasn't a transfer portal exodus with, with uh, Moses uh, type proportions where there's a parting of the Red Sea that happened there at Clemson. I was surprised that didn't happen, but Hey, I digress. I want you to go on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Lincoln Riley uh, at number four with USC. Obviously, he'd, he'd earned that ranking with Oklahoma. So, I mean, that's not that's not just hype because he's at USC. Usually see USC get some of that in and of itself. Uh, Jimbo Fisher at number five. You mentioned Ryan Day at six. Brian Kelly at seven now at LSU. Kyle Whittingham at eight. Jim Harbaugh at nine. And uh, Mike Gundy at number ten. So uh, that's just kind of the top ten that you have there. And, and I, I don't have too much of a problem with the list. I think Ryan Day has kind of had to earn his spot in there. Obviously, inheriting a program for from Urban Meyer, um, you know, it, it was it, I didn't have him as high as, as maybe many others did his first few years, but now it's hard to argue with thirty four and four. Even though he's coming off his worst season um, there with the loss to Oregon and Michigan, like you said, uh, in in you know a two losses in Ohio State, it says in the articles, somewhat of a failure, um, but uh, still, uh, you know, you've got to have him high up there, and I could see him as the best coach in the Big Ten. I, I still would have a, a wonder if you just started a program from scratch would you want to go with Ryan Day because he hadn't you know we don't know how that would go we, we you know we saw him inherit one of the best programs altogether we've seen Jim Harbaugh and Kirk Ferentz uh, be able to you know kind of build these things PJ Flex seems to be pretty good at it there's there's a lot of a lot of good coaches in this league uh, and as represented of where they stand and some of them just kind of get bunched in because they they seem to um, beat each other down all the time like we mentioned Harbaugh there at nine you have Kirk Ferentz at 13. 
one below Matt Campbell, which is interesting enough too, considering they're in the same mm-hmm. state. And uh, mm-hmm. Kirk Ferentz seems to consider can you know every time they play Iowa State get the better of Matt Campbell. So I think that should at least be a flipped around. Um, but Kirk Ferentz at thirteen, Paul Chris at fourteen, and James Franklin at fifteen. Um, you know that's kind of just the Big Ten block there. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, but I am fascinated uh, too, like you mentioned, with twenty-one Pat Fitzgerald. That's a, that's a career award that's not going off based off of last season. Um, but it would be hard to just based on what he's done at Northwestern, it's been up and down here and there, but, um, to have won the big 10 West two out of the last five years or whatever it is, that's a huge accomplishment. It'd be hard to argue him outside of the top 25. So when Nebraska does play Northwestern in Ireland, I know, um, a lot of people are kind of trying to overlook that game or, or say Northwestern's bad and they, they didn't show off too great last year. Um, but that you, you got to remember, they do have a coaching advantage probably in that game in Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I, I got a question, Bach, and I got a question for the Sauter Heyman text line as well. Um I'm 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 intrigued at what I see at Kentucky, right? Kentucky is not a traditional blue blood. Is is it is, would you think this is something that Mark Stoops is trying to create? I think you can't do it in the SEC. I just don't think you can overtake a even a Texas AM program and now with Oklahoma coming and then Texas reemerging possibly uh, in a few years there, um, do you could could you see if Scott Frost drops the ball, fumbles, someone like Mark Stoops? Do you think Nebraska should go at someone like him or maybe a Lane Kiffin who's down there at Ole Miss? Because I, I mean, listen, these are these are SEC guys that really don't have a chance, but. Could you see them maybe popping into the Big Ten in a place like Nebraska if the bag is presented well? Well, I think it's the bag. <laughs> I think that's what's going to do it. But obviously in the Big Ten and the SEC, uh, that's going to come along with it with the money that they're making in those leagues. So it might be harder to pick off an SEC you know, middling coach at those schools. Um, but, I mean, it'd have to get to a point where they do feel like they – have hit their ceiling. And I don't know if Mark Stoops feels that. He just had his, his another 10-3 and three season there at Kentucky. He's had two of those. Um, you know, he's been there since 2013. I would love the hire. I think that would be a, a great hire for Nebraska coming over um, into the Big Ten. Um, I'm just throwing it in the wind, Bob. Right. I don't know. I'm just looking at it and thinking, man. Yeah. You know, it- but go ahead. But he's just—he's—I think he's had those opportunities before, I don't, that, and that's what makes me kind of think about it. Is that I think that if he wanted, if he, his goal was to get out out of Kentucky, he could have done that before. Um, and went with so some you of think other seasons. So in essence, you think then? So so this is the way I've kind of started looking at, at at some coaching opportunities, right? There are individuals that find themselves in in those type of big big conferences that. That's good for them. A nine and three, 10 and three, you know, that that's okay. That will keep you at a school like that for 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing in basketball, right? Why would Mark Few go anywhere but Gonzaga? You, you're not in a big conference. You you throw yourself in the mix. You're going to get good talent. You throw yourself. This is what I'm talking. I'm not, I'm not talking about the Mark Few now, not the one that's reached the pinnacle of the mountain. I'm talking about the one when it first started. You know what I'm saying? And you start kind of building it, and then people are trying to pick you off. But I look at it like if I build in a in a in a in a place 
why would I want to go to a Kentucky or to a Louisville or somewhere like that where those pressures begin to go to a whole nother level? But I build a program where we're 25 and, and 10 every year. Yeah. In a basketball program. Or I'm nine and three and I'm competing every now and then at a you know possible second or third in the in, in my side of the conference. And I might clip somebody and and put myself in a position, but I go win my ball game. You know what I mean? I can stay at that school. They will love me for 20 years. Because they're not going to, there's no expectation for Kentucky to continuously go out and beat Alabama or Georgia or, you know, those types. You just go beat your, you go beat your old misses. You catch LSUs on their downturn. You pop Texas A&M every now and then, and you can stay there forever. Yeah, and you can you can afford a five or seven season here and there. You know, nobody's going right. to try to run you out of town for it. I'm just throwing it in the wind. That's just yeah. something I just think about. Like, if you're a coach and you're you're into, you know, because they don't they're not like NFL coaches. They don't they don't get, uh, you know, um, like what we got retirement benefits. They don't get that. So if I'm a college coach, I'm looking for tenure, right? I mean, you think okay. about it. But I mean, you're, the, you're looking for that 15, 20 year run. Yeah. The other part of it, though, is that you you probably have some job security going back there if you, if you need to. If you establish yourself, um, I mean, Scott Frost is probably a pretty good example. I think that if, if on his downfall, he might be, you know, a team over there in the American might want to see what he can do again because he's already won the American Conference, right? Um, so, you know, I, I think that there's certain jobs. Maybe Stoops is the same way at Kentucky where if he goes off and, and tries and fails at, uh, you know, Oklahoma or Notre Dame or USC or something, he'd still have a landing spot back in Kentucky. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, that could be possible. But at the same time, it's it's nothing is, is for sure once you leave a spot, right? I mean, the next guy could come in and, and you know, do just as well or better, and exactly. then you don't have your next spot. So, so you may not be – so you may have missed your 20-year yeah. run, and you may not get back to that. Sorry, Hammond text line. I talked to Streaky and Bach. Uh, 402-464-5685. Am I tripping? Is, 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 am I just – Throwing pie in, uh, in the wind, I mean, pie in the sky thinking, or is it something that maybe you think about sometimes? I don't know. Uh, the next, oh. what do you, what, for the, for what? Oh, no, I'm just saying, am I, am I, am oh, I tripping yeah. on what I'm, what I'm talking about on where you have a blue blood um, school, but it's not, that's a blue blood basketball school. That's not yeah. a blue blood. And you come there and you have success, like you said, to, Two now ten win te- seasons. Do you not stay and look at a fifteen year run because you don't have the same expectations as you do if if he goes back to an Oklahoma or he goes you know to um, even if he goes to like a Florida State or something like that. I mean yeah. they, they've got history of success, so you they're going to expect you to come in there and and do something right. So that's what I'm saying. I'm just thinking like man, you know, do I do I stay the course and take this long tenured run well and it's interesting because we have seen guys do that and, and immediately coming to mind for me is always bill snyder or frank beamer at, at kansas state and virginia tech respectively where um you know they had those schools right there and, and, and beamer actually had a, an appearance in a national championship game and uh, and snyder almost had one the year before in, two, in 1998 um but you know i always did wonder what would those coaches be able to do at a power program and uh and so you know like gundy's not going nowhere 
Right. Like that's his alumni. Why though. would you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he is a quarterback there um, at Oklahoma State, but that's another that's another good one though. I mean, he's been there a long time. You kind of wonder. I mean, you you trust that Oklahoma State's going to be good year in and year out, um, and you wonder you what he could Oklahoma, do. With the, yeah, you clip Oklahoma every now and then. What you could he be? What could he be at Oklahoma though, as opposed to right. Oklahoma State? Right. Maybe he could that's be. That's what answer. I'm thinking. And I, and I hope no, and I, it'd be difficult to, to get him away again uh, if Nebraska is in the position. That's another name I wouldn't mind going after. Hopefully, they give these sorts of you know guys a call, even though it's gonna it might be difficult. Nobody else has been able to get him away, but you know it, it's at least worth a worth a worth a call. Make him say no. But yeah. yeah, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully Scott Frost uh, turns. So hit us on the hit us on the text line. Maybe I'm I'm tripping, and maybe throw out somebody a coach that maybe. We could try to clip off, but uh, but anyway, let's, let's talk now. Let's move over real quick and talk about the Big Ten considering changing into divisions. I know there's been discussions about that in other in other um, conferences as well. Uh, it's now emerged as well in the Big Ten uh, talks. Uh, the Big Ten, they're they're you know um, uh, you know they're kind of collective bargaining, whatever they call it in the conferences that ends in 2022. So there's been discussions outside of this season in the future seasons, how that would look, what it would look like. Obviously it would reduce games down to eight. So, you know, Bach, tell me, man, I mean, would you be up for it? Or you, or you like divisions continuously on the, on the Sutter Heyman text line as well. Tell us, do you like the divisions or would you like to see it all emerge as, as one blob? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting because I, you know, I'm a traditional college football fan. I kind of like how things were. I, I kind of like, um, to be honest with you, I've 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 grown uh, into liking the Big Ten West. It's not the most flashy division, but it certainly has its brand of football. And so I, I kind of like that about Nebraska is that you know that's um, you kind of get those familiar foes that you see year in and year out. And if you go to one of these. Uh, uh, this pod system, the pod system is basically because the conferences are getting too big. So instead of two eight team divisions or two seven teams divisions, you break it down, especially the SEC when they have 16 to, to four each. And then you play everybody in your pod and then you play, you know, across into another pod. Uh, and, and I guess, you know, at, at that point, um, you know, you've got your seven conference games or you kind of build it up playing a permanent rivalry somewhere else as well. Um, I but, think you throw Notre Dame in a pod. Yeah, maybe you throw Notre Dame in a pod somewhere. But either way, it's so that you'll play everybody more often. Um, and then you're not playing your six other um, rivalries as often. You're playing three of them uh, on a year-in and year-out basis. So it kind of maybe narrows the scope of the rivalries, um, gets you more invested in them. So that could be kind of a fun part of it. But I kind of like divisions. Um, mostly what this is being done for, and the Pac-12 actually went with it today. They're scrapping divisions. They're going uh, to make it so that the teams with the two best winning percentages in the conference uh, will go to the Pac-12 title game, which they've had that around for a while. It would have changed some of the matchups there. Um, I don't mind that. I, I think that that idea, the Big 12 has obviously done that without divisions in a round-robin sense. Um, now the Pac-12 is getting into it without a round-robin. You're not going to play everybody, so it's but it's just going to be uh, the two best winning percentages. Uh, I think that's a good way to get your two best teams in there and you know kind of knock off the imbalances that are is there. Because if anybody needs it, as far as a conference goes, the Big Ten's just been so one side heavy. Is is that a Western team, a West Division team, which they started in 2014, has not won the Big Ten title yet? It's it's been the East year in and year out. Um, so I think the Big Ten it definitely kind of needs that. The, these divisions were not built equally. Um, I've said that since the beginning. Um, so. 
I, I don't mind the switch. It's going to take some adjustment, um, and it's going to be kind of weird if you break it down into pods, um, but uh, it looks like that's the wave of college football. Again, the Pac-12 is kind of getting into it. ACC, Pac-12, like I said, eliminating divisions. ACC wants to do the same, um, and so what a lot of people want to see more off, more than anything is uniformity, not necessarily having, uh, you know, the, the um, yeah, you know, I guess the Big Ten have divisions, and the Pac-12 have the two best winning percentages and the Big 12 play round robin, and the ACC, um, you know, has pods. And so if everybody's got something different, that'll be very confusing. So I think they at least need to kind of get um, in the same headspace. But as we've seen during the COVID years, the conferences aren't in the same headspace. So uh, we'll kind of see how it plays out. But the Big 12, 10 is kind of following suit and kind of throwing these ideas out there. Can't hear you, Strick. All I know is Nick Saban's been talking about getting back to parity and and which system I'm I'm gonna throw it out there uh, on the Sutter Hammond text line as well. Which system do you guys consider to be the best system that can probably bring back some parity? Is it a division system? Is it a percentage system where there can have some uniformity across the board uh, in some of these uh, discussions where Power Five conferences maybe this is a break away from the NCAA opportunity and create their own kind of system but nick saban's been talking about it he's been talking about parody we got to take a break right now unfortunately but the sutter hammond text line is open 402-464-5685 love to hear from you your thoughts on divisions or not and also who can be clipped on the coach's side if if uh lord if he falls off the mountain we will we'll talk about it another time but we'd love to hear from you on it as we come back out of the break hitting the hardwood with strict will be next Got some great tournaments coming on. It's uh, playoff action. Peace.